Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody's going to pay. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. It's out in the night out. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Let's go ahead and try that again, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you what, I have not been this excited for an episode for a very long time. I'm so excited, as a matter of fact, that I'm going to hit that intro just one more time. (laughs) Everybody's got a price. Everybody's going to pay. (laughs) Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. It's out in the night out. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. Oh, 
Jones up and running, but we have no time to waste. None. Zero. Because we've got a tremendous amount of ground to cover during tonight's show. Unfortunately, though, we're going to start off on a little bit of a somber note. Because today we've lost one of our own, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk quite a bit about this individual. But I will tell you this. There are a lot of people hurting right now because of the loss of this this individual. I mean, there are some very well-known guys that aren't as highly respected as this gentleman. I believe, if my facts are right, he came into this world in 1947 and has trained many, 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 many people under his hat. And so we're going to give him in just two. If I can, if I can find that, um, you know, if I can find that drop, that's always going to be fun, right? If I can find that drop, we're going to give much due respect to Killer Tim Brooks. If everybody could please join me in um, in removing their caps uh, as we ring the honorary. Ten Bell salute to a respected professional wrestler and trainer. Both of our guests during tonight's show actually have experience with him. They've worked with him. And the fact of the matter is, guys, whether you're a WWE Hall of Famer, an Indie Hall of Famer, here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast, we're going to pay our respects. So, again, guys, everybody, please remove your cap as we hit the honorary Ten Bell salute. Championship. As we all know, in 1983, 
He had sold his NWA National Heavyweight Championship to Larry Sabisco sometime after beating Paul Orndorff. A couple of those names you'll recognize as former guests of the Wrestle Talk podcast. So we're going to talk about Tim. We're going to celebrate his life and mourn his death at the same time because, like I said, Joey, we got a couple of guests who are very familiar with him, and I'm sure we're going to get some great stories, bro. Are you finally with us, man? Is everything cool? I'm here. I'm ready to go. I we can blow talk and, and there's audio issues and whatnot. I'm tired of it, man. Tired of it. Tired, <laughs> sick and tired of it. All right. Well, at the same time, as we celebrate the life of Killer Tim Brooks, who is now no longer with us, we also have a birthday. Enter Timmy. You got anything? Anything festive you could play as we celebrate? The 40-plus-year career. This man is celebrating a birthday today, ladies and germs. Let's go ahead and play a little bit of music for the hardcore legend, Terry Funk Jr. Carl Lewis, as we get in 
to this week's edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast. Enter, Timmy. You know what to do. Hit me with that Carl Lewis as we all remove our caps once again and pay homage to America, damn it. Oh, 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 say can you see and the rock is red, red, Uh-oh. I'll make up for it now. For the land of the free. Baby, tear to my eye every single time. Enter Timmy, hit that music for the hot spot segment. Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. Michael Elgin, 
And as we now know, Michael Elgin has been removed from Impact Wrestling as well. So it's gone from a four-way to now a two-way. But no, I think Eddie Edwards was in that match too. So Impact Wrestling is just, it's all over the place. We don't know what the heck's going on. (laughs) Crazy. It is crazy indeed, Nightmare Jones. And what would be even crazier, if I didn't take just a quick moment to thank all of our amazing sponsors, uh, starting with I-70 Sports Media, our buddy Jeremy Carp may be guest hosting next week. We'll let you guys know for sure in a couple of days. But, man, if you love Missouri and Missouri sports on both sides of the state, make sure you give those guys a follow over at I-70 Sports Media on Facebook. Tell them the WrestleTalk podcast sent you. Secondly, you're probably wondering where I got this beautiful mug with the hand-engraved logo and my name. Guys, Wrath Bun Engraving. Many people currently watching the show can testify that your beverage is guaranteed to taste 17.5% better if you drink it out of a WrestleTalk podcast mug. Period. Point blank. We've done all the hard work for you. We've done all the scientific analysis. And facts are facts. So, if you want a piece of wrestling memorabilia, you want to support local, hit us up over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com and start customizing your mug today. And, of course, bro, the breaking news. Esports Bar Casey is opening up tomorrow, baby. And you know what that means. The probability probability of us having a SummerSlam watch party has just gone up significantly. So, brother, what do you want me to say? We've got some amazing sponsors. The future is bright. Still want to encourage everybody to wear a mask, social distance, listen to your local authorities. You're not smarter than the people that are paid to do this stuff. Okay? So for everybody else's sake, stop being an asshole and wear a mask. Okay, and last and most definitely not least, big shout out to a couple of sister podcasts, our boys over at Talking Dynasty, what I happen to believe is the best sports podcast in Kansas City, Talking Dynasty, hosted by our boy Adam Frexman, all things sports, particularly football, which my own eye, when will football be back? It feels like forever. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, Joe, they can cancel the season because that means the Chiefs remain champions. So, you know what? We should just discontinue football, period. Just let it end here. No one's ever going to be Patrick Mahomes. We can just stop playing football now. Do you agree or you disagree? Um, I would have to disagree because I, I, I do what? like watching my uh, – I do, I do like watching my uh, uh, football, and I want to see – how the Patriots' new quarterback is going to do. But why are we talking football? This is okay, the never mind, never mind. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, yeah. listen, if you guys want to hear more about football and things of that sort, go and check out Talking Dynasty. Tell them the WrestleTalk podcast sent you. And last and, of course, not least, I know I already said that, okay? Don't mock me, okay? Well, what up, what up? Voorhees is in the house. Shout out to Cody, King of Bleach out here. I'm going to shout all you guys out here in a second. Bro. How could I give love and not give love to one of our original sponsors, 
the conspiracy farm with my brother, Jay Hollywood, and the UFC Hall of Famer, Pat Milicic. In case you guys have not been paying attention, and why wouldn't you be paying attention? Of course you're paying attention. But for those of you who aren't, our boys are about to get a show on Dish Network. That's right. The Conspiracy Farm with Jay Hollywood and Pat Milicic. Great show. Make sure you tell them the Wrestle Talk podcast. If you get the theme here, Jonesy, we put people over, then you go over there and you show them some love, and then you, and they go, hey, man, how did you hear about us? And you go, hey, the guys over at Wrestle Talk, they took care of me. They got me my mug. They got me some great pro wrestling talk, and they sent me over here to your podcast, man. That's what we do around here. From West Virginia to San Francisco, baby, that's how we get down on the Wrestle Talk podcast. All right, I'm done with the plugs, so let's go ahead and continue with tonight's hotspots because we're about 10 minutes away. From J.D. Griffey, guys, it's going to be a great interview, so make sure you keep it locked in and make sure you share this broadcast. Right, Joey? Absolutely, 100%. So now you know my thoughts about the whole Tessa Blanchard thing. What are your thoughts, Renee? (coughs) Oh, Oh, you want to ask me? Okay, so this is going to be my most anticlimactic answer ever, okay? And here it is. This is what the, the gossip sites won't tell you, friends. Tessa Blanchard's contract expires today. So whether she got fired a couple of days ago or her contract wasn't renewed, she's gone. And guess what? Her mark on TNA, Impact, whatever you want to call the promotion, is undeniable. They made such a big deal about her becoming the first woman's champion or the first woman to ever hold their main championship. And you know what they did, Jonesy? They let it all go down the drain, and they would love for you and me to believe that she is the problem. Well, maybe she is, maybe she isn't. What I can tell you, Joey, is that neither one of these two entities, Tessa Blanchard, the performer, or Impact, have a great track record. They continue to screw the pooch. In one way or another, they can't seem to stay out of their own way. So personally speaking, it's anticlimactic because her contract was up anyway. It wouldn't have been as interesting a story if they just simply would not have renewed her contract, right? So how do they make a story out of it? They let her go two, three days before her contract is up. As far as I'm concerned, it's kind of a non-story. What is a story, though, is who will have the cojones, the balls, the webbles to pick up Tessa Blanchard. And what does this say about Impact Wrestling? I mean, is it just me, or can they just not handle top-flight talent? You brought it up yourself, Michael Elgin, top-flight talent. Tessa Blanchard, top flight talent. Why do these people not stick around? I don't understand it, Jonesy. I don't watch Impact very much, but I'm sure a lot of you guys do. So dial that number, 657-383-1521, and dial that number because you know what? If it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it probably is a duck. And I hate to say it because here we're all about, we're all about building things up, right? We like to build up. You know, pro wrestling on a local level. We'd like to build up pro wrestling on on the highest level. we like to say good things. But both of these two, both Impact and Tessa, have reputations. 
the end of the story because the reputation is more or less hearsay. But again, walks, quacks, probably a duck. I'm just saying. I'd love to see both of them be successful, but I can tell you one thing for sure, Jonesy, and sure as hell, it ain't going to be together. And that's all I got to say about that. But again, guys, high spot. Join us. Anything you want to talk about pertaining to the world of pro wrestling, real simple, 657-383-1521. What do we got up next, bro? Um, you know, there, there, there's so much that that we could uh, uh, talk about. And I, I guess that the one thing that, that, that we want to talk about is, you know, Monday Night Raw and how, you know, you, you've got Dominique, and uh, Ray Mysterio, this whole thing with Seth Rollins and <coughs> Austin, uh, uh, Austin, Austin Theory hey, and Andrade, right. you know, they, they're, they're finding this stuff. And uh, I just want to know what you thought about Monday Night Raw last night and, you know, how they're, they're building up the whole Drew Galloway against Dolph Ziggler. No! Did you just ask me about that, bro? No. <laughs> what do you mean, no? No! Oh, okay, listen, man. I I have, like, a personal thing pertaining to this situation, and I'm going to try to keep it brief. And I see a couple of callers here. We're going to try to get you guys on, so hang in there. And we actually might have room for one more caller. So, again... Now that number, let's talk some wrestling, guys. Don't be scared. 657-383-1521. Bro, listen. You want to talk about anticlimactic? Dolph freaking Ziggler. Listen, here's what I mean about it being a little personal. I love Dolph Ziggler. Even though he is a great value version of Shawn Michaels, and even Shawn Michaels has said it, okay? Just like R-Truth, is the damn, um, he's the uh, thrift store version of Booker T. I mean, I, I hate to say it. People think I'm, it's a little mean, I know. But, I mean, he does all of Booker T's moves. He does the, the head scissor thing, and, uh, and then he does the, the spin-a-rooney kind of. So what I'm saying is I always wanted Dolph Ziggler to be a top guy. Those days have come and gone. And he is not a credible challenger for the championship. He's just not. You know, Jonesy, I criticized just last week the whole Braun Strowman situation and how they had him dicking around with Miz and Morrison in a storyline that was clearly headed nowhere. Drew Galloway, uh, Drew Galloway, I'm sorry, just came off of a title defense against who, Jonesy? Who did he just recently defend the title against? Um, Bobby Lashley. See, see how you had to hesitate? You see how you weren't sure? Bro, they have yet to put a challenger in front of him that is credible. Nobody thought that he was going to lose to Bobby Lashley. Anybody watching us live right now or on the replay believe that Dolph Ziggler is going to beat the champ? No, it's not credible. Stop making us waste our time. The match will be fun, but we all know that at the end, the champ will retain. I get it. If you want to do, like, worthy competitor, filler, worthy competitor, filler. I get it. Just like they do for 
for TV shows. I can give you some fillers so you can stay locked in and they can stretch it out a little bit. But don't give me two fillers back to back. Dude, nobody in their right mind believes that Dolph Ziggler's going to win the championship. It's a waste of time. Now, with Braun Strowman, they gave him Bray again. That looks like it could be interesting, even though it's kind of a retread, because it's a little bit different, okay? But the fact of the matter is this, Jonesy, it's not believable, and for that reason, it does not sustain my interest. And it's unfortunate, because I I want to watch what they're putting out there. I want to be engaged. I want to be a part of the WWE Universe, but they're making it very difficult for me by putting their top champions against people that are not worthy. It's very frustrating. Now, do I like the shoot right. element? Yeah. Yeah, I like the shoot element. They're, they're bringing a little bit more realism into it, but we both know how this team's going to end, don't we? Let's just be real. We all know how it's going to end, and, it, and for that reason, I repeat, it is anticlimactic. I can agree. I can totally agree. All right, one last topic, and then... We're going to get into J.D. Griffey. So this is my topic. Everybody knows that AEW for the next two shows is doing their fighter fest on uh, Dynamite. Dynamite is basically their fighter fest for the next two two shows. So it's like a big thing. You know, you're, you're going to see the women's championship is going to be on the, the line. Uh, John Moxley is going to be facing uh, – I can't remember the guy's name that he's facing uh, – so, you know, so so it's going to be a big speaking thing. And what does NXT do? The same time that they're doing Fighter Fest, NXT is putting on what? The Great American Bash. <laughs> I think that it is absolutely awesome that the WWE said, you know what? You all want to put on Fighter Fest? We're going to put on a big show ourselves, but not only are we going to put on a big show ourselves, but we're going to take that, that knife and we're going to dig it into the gut of uh, of uh, Cody Rhodes a little bit by naming it the Great American Bash, which was something that was, was, was made by who? Cody Rhodes' dad, Dusty Rhodes. I think it's awesome. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, bro. I think... And, Mike, I'm going to sound very negative during this show, and, and I hate doing that. But you know what, bro? I could not disagree with you more, Jonesy. I could not. You know why? You know why? Because right. they are wasting a golden opportunity to revive one of the best pay-per-views in wrestling history. A lot of people have fond memories of the Great American Bash. And there's a couple of reasons to maybe not have so many fond memories because we know some shenanigans have gone on in the past at Great American Bash. Nevertheless, they are memorable. Here's what I mean by the fact that they're wasting it. They could revive this pay-per-view and make it its own thing. People would would flock to see an in-your-house on a Saturday or Sunday. People okay, would flock yeah. to see an American, a great American bash on a Saturday or Sunday, but because they're okay. they're playing they're playing this game of who can out petty who, Jonesy, they're wasting it on a Wednesday. I don't think I'm going to stop you there for a second because I don't think that it's about being petty. I think it's about being. 
they know that everybody is going to be wanting to tune in to AEW because AEW has been promoting this Fighter Fest for quite some time now. So at the WWE as a company, and we, we seem to forget that at times, that the WWE is still a company. And so they have to do whatever that they have to do to make sure that people still want to tune in. And how do they do that? By naming one of the uh, 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 NXT shows the Great American Bash. Why? Because it's gotten everybody's attention. And I think it's going to be a great show. Bro, the main event is Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks. It's another match that we know that Sasha, Sasha Banks is not winning the NXT Women's Championship. It's not going to – I get what you're saying, Joe. I get the business aspect of it, and that's where I'm approaching it from. I think it's a bad business decision. And I can't wait till J.D. Griffey joins us because I want to get his thoughts on this. But before we get to him, we do have one call we're going to bring on very quickly. And, and uh, KOB, you can join us again for the FWWC. But I want to get your thoughts. We're talking about Tessa and Impact. We're talking about Raw and how they're handling Drew McIntyre, right? And then, oh, by the way, we kept calling him Drew Galloway, which I thought was hilarious, and I just caught that. <laughs> we keep calling him Drew Galloway. Uh, and, then, and then, of course, our most recent topic, do you think that the Great American Bash versus Spider Fest is a good idea? Or do you think that WWE is just being petty? You can try to tackle all of those if you're really feeling hyped tonight, Cody. Or you can just hit on one of those topics. Or you know what? Here's what's great about high spots. Bro, you can even bring your own topic to the table. That's how we get down here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast, episode 304. So what's up, KOB? What you got for your boys tonight? All right, all right, all right. So the KOB, or Cody, has something on his mind. And it is what you guys just said, that... Yeah, Tessa Blanchard. Just what you said prior was kind of like what I thought about. I saw that her contract just expired today, so I feel like it's just timing. Honestly, um, nobody wants to work with Tessa, and same with Michael Elgin. Michael Elgin, honestly, I've seen some stuff on Facebook. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was saying that Tessa, or sorry, uh, Michael is just like a really hard person to work with, and a lot of people don't want to work with him. But then I'll move on here real quick to the um, to the uh, what was the second topic you just said? I sorry I forgot. It was it was the uh, the Tessa. They using Drew McIntyre. Yes, Drew, Drew yeah, not Drew Galloway. <laughs> yeah, Galloway's his real name. That's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, um, the way they're using him, honestly, in my opinion, it just they're they're trying to build him up as this dominant face, but like. And having him squash Lashley, who is honestly, in my opinion, I felt like Lashley was a was the only like actual thing I was like kind of wondering. I was like, whoa, Lashley could beat McIntyre, and everyone was saying, oh, he won't. But I'm like, well, I don't think they would like you know beat him that quick and easy just because he just won the title at Mania. But I just I don't feel like they would. Um, what is it? I, I don't think they would have him beat him, but. It was like a, it was a, like it was uh, it was worrying because he was beating the crap out of him. He put him in that full Nelson. He brought back the master lock. Look at that! But he was beating him with the master locker and the full Nelson, and and he was the only credible thing. But yeah, Dolph Ziggler, they're, they're, he's not gonna you know he's not going to beat him. There's no way he's not credible or not credible. He's not credible as a challenger. You know he he. he All right. Well, then let me ask you this follow up, Cody. Cody, let me. 
Let me ask you this follow-up question so that we can get to our first featured guest of the evening, uh, J.D. Griffey. We've got a lot of great stuff to talk to about him. So then, then let's mm-hmm. go ahead and summarize it. Um, yeah. Does these predictable opponents – now, I know you said that you're one of the few people that thought Lashley could actually win. Congratulations, you're one out of a million. But <laughs> does, some, does, does, does the rivalry like the one with Dolph Ziggler – does that cause you to lose interest? Yeah, like, a little bit. Does that, put, does that put you in a position where you're like, I already kind of know how this is going to play out, blah, blah, blah. I'd rather go watch something else because I already know Drew's keeping it. Like, does it put you in that predicament, or are you still able to enjoy it even though you can kind of anticipate the outcome? Well, I don't have cable, um, so I have to watch replays. So I kind of, you know – I, I'm still interested in it, and I'm still interested in watching all the product. Um, but without having cable, it is kind of tough. So I kind of just say, yeah, you know, unless I'm, like, really intrigued, I'll go over to someone's house and watch it on their cable. But most products, at least WWE, it's kind of predictable almost. You know, with AEW, in my opinion, it's not predictable just because they, they're a completely different product. But I even though I wanted to watch it so much when they first came out, uh, it just kind of – it's hard to get into it because it's a completely different uh, change of style as in what you're right? used to with WWE. It is. Right? It is. We keep hearing it that. Is. Well, Cody, unfortunately, man, we're going to have to drop you right there, bro, because we do have to move on to our first featured guest. But listen, we'll be back in about 35, 40 minutes with the world's premier fantasy wrestling segment, the FWWC segment, man. So hopefully you'll hang out and join us for that as well. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Josie, man, we're eight minutes over time, and I know JD's a man who values his time. So why don't you do us the honor of introducing our first featured guest of the evening? All right, you know this 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 gentleman has been wrestling everywhere. I mean, I'm talking about you've seen him wrestle, you know, 236 total matches in his entire career. 200. And 36 matches in his entire career. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, I I, I don't know what else to say about this gentleman. I mean, there is only one reason that he has the nickname of Flawless. And what is that? The reason that he has that nickname is because Jaden, is because J.D. Griffey is, 100% 100% flawless. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our honor to bring in the one and only J.D. Griffin. Oh, let's have a play, baby. Said seven thirty. I was, I'm in the middle of a training session. I took time out of jujitsu to come on and do this thing. And y'all, y'all, y'all on here playing games, man. What's good, man? Come on now. We are on here. Damn it! It's true, JD. It's true. We're on here playing games. 
But you know what? At the same time, well, listen, at the same time, you know the most important commodity in the world of professional wrestling is the fans. So when we get a call or we get a fan, when we get a fan on that's been waiting since the beginning of the show, man, we got to squeeze them in, man. It's all about the wrestling. I understand, man. I understand. That's what I heard about y'all, man. I heard that y'all be about the fans. So I'm going to let it slide this time, but you only get one. You feel me? You got it. You got it. Listen, we'll make up for it. We'll make up for it. We promise. We promise. All right? Just just bear with Let's us. We'll it. make up for it. Let me go ahead and kick <laughs> this one off, Jonesy. And, and, and I hate okay. to start on a somber mood because I hear that uh, that typically you're a pretty positive, outgoing guy. You're really enthused about what you do in life, especially in the professional wrestling world because you've been very successful at it. But uh, at the beginning of the show, man, we had to kind of start off uh, uh, in a difficult fashion because of For a sure. loss. Uh, we hit the Tim Bell sure. salute, and, and as you know, we lost a legend today. That. And, and, and yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Oh, absolutely, and we're going to get into that. We lost a legend today, and not many people, I, mean, I say some people, maybe not all the people are familiar with Killer Tim Brooks, but you, sir, are particularly yes, sir. familiar and have been intimate as a student-trainer relationship with the late great sure. Tim Brooks. Man, can we just go ahead and get that out of the way? Talk to us about your experiences, man, and how hard today has been for you, sir. Uh, Yeah, man, it was – man, y'all start off heavy, man. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's it's, it's been uh, one of those days. Um, I will say uh, he – I mean, one day, that day comes for all of us, you know. He's – his race ended today, but uh, he ran a good one. He ran a strong one. Uh, I couldn't be more proud of him. uh, Keith and I, uh, as you know, uh, trained with uh, Keith Lee, um, who is now the NXT North American champion. Uh, a few days ago, we were actually with him, uh, visiting him in his home. Uh, he did hospice care at his home, and uh, we got to sit up with him and, um, you know, talk about, you know, what he expected of us. Uh, and uh, it was super somber, but it was it was a beautiful thing. You know, he was, you know, still <laughs> – same old killer, you know. Uh, it was it was tough to see, but uh, I, he was a warrior up until the end. Uh, truly a legend in his business. Uh, you know, he he came from an era where you know they were working four or five nights a week. You know, gone like gone, gone. You know what I'm saying all the time. And uh, for him to still be a family man, you know, through all of that and uh, build a family and uh, build a, a school uh, after that, and you know, uh, put together some some top tier talents and still keep that relationship with us even though you know you know Keith's on NXT I was in CMLL in Mexico you know we're still talking to him on the phone and he's still telling us you know uh you sacrifice that story because y'all can do some some cool moves I'll kick your ass I'm old but I'll still do it you know and uh uh it's it was just one of those things you know once we got back in the states uh you know uh well once I got back in the states uh, you know, I had heard he had taken a turn for the worse, so um, I was trying to visit him as much as I could uh, with, uh, you know, Johnny Mantell and uh, the Downs family who run the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Texas. Uh, I was be- being able to get there and uh, see him as much as possible. Uh, you know, they um, said that he wasn't, he didn't have much time left a few weeks ago. Uh, Keith was trying to get some time off to uh, get down to see Coach and uh you know, Triple H, you know, trying to make it work. And, you know, shout out to WWE for uh, moving the schedule around so Keith could get away to, you know, see Coach. And, uh, 
you know, he still held on to, you know, see Keith one more time. And, uh, you know, we sat down and we talked and we helped him uh, design uh, a new building because he was still trying to work, <laughs> you know, even in the last wow. moment, he was still trying to work, you know. So uh, uh, it, was, it was it was tough, but uh, it was killer being killer, still ready to work, you know. Show goes on, as he says. So, uh, you know, like, again, I'm I'm here at the training facility right now. You know, I, every part of me wanted to stay home. You know, I mean, even you guys were very gracious, like, you know, hey, if we need to reschedule, you know, it's cool. I appreciate you guys, you know, being supportive. Of course. Uh, but I, I already know Killer, you know, job's got to get done, you know. Uh, and and right. that was him until his last moments. Nobody's bigger than the show. And so uh, I, it's, it's a tough day, but uh, – uh, we got to press forward, and that's that's what he made us to do. That's how he created us, and that's, so that's what we're gonna do. So I'm here, and I'm I'm ready to talk wrestling, and I'm, and I'm ready to honor uh, all the time that he invested in us. Uh, you know, and it's just uh, it's, it's it's tough, but you know we're we got to do it. You know, we got to get it done. No doubt, no doubt, man. We appreciate the honesty and the sincerity. Uh, and, and you know what? We, we care. We, we really do, uh, which is why we always try to extend that courtesy when we know somebody's going through a difficult time. So with that said, man, much love and respect. Uh, for those of you who didn't hear it earlier on in the show, we did hit that Tim Bell salute uh, for Tim, a killer Tim Brooks. Uh, if you guys don't know about this guy, make sure you do your research. He's not only oh, a Texas sure. legend, he's a professional he's wrestler. He's a legend. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, guys, guys need to do their research from from selling the titles to Paul Orndorff, I mean, or, or Larry Sabisco. I mean, I'm not gonna spoil. It. I'm gonna let you guys go look at YouTube. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't, don't kill the don't don't do their homework for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got it, bro. <laughs> you got educate it. Well, you know educate yourselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> Indeed. Hey, there's never been a, there's never been a better time for people to educate themselves. And right now, when the information right. is at the at the edge of our fingertips, right, JD? There's no excuse for it, man. There's no excuse for it. You know. No, no question. Well, let me let me move on from that to something else. And uh, for anybody who's ever heard the show, we don't shy away from the difficult questions here. That's why we get the best guests. So let me move on from a sensitive subject to another one, and we're going to talk a little bit about race. Ooh, I can hear everybody okay. cringing right now. Oh, oh nah. not race. Don't bring it up, <laughs> Night Out. Right, listen, yeah. listen, trust me. Yeah. By the time I'm done, you guys are going to understand. And here's what I mean. Let's get it. You talk about yourself. You talk about Keith Lee. You talk about ACH, okay? Shout out to Rudy sure. Gonzalez, yep. too, who's a big supporter of the show. I got to know, what are you guys putting in the water in Texas, man? It's like all my brothers that, that got skill on some level oh. or another are coming out of yeah. Texas. What the hell are y'all putting down in the water over there, hey, bro? Hey, man, you forgot about Shane Taylor, too, man. Don't forget our boy Shane oh. Taylor, bro. Come on, now. Oh, my bad. My Come bad. on, now. Hey, you know Come what? Come on, now. Shane Taylor, hold on, time out. Shane Taylor came on the show when he was uh, the ROH, I think that's the, the like the middle champ. I, forgive me for not remembering the yeah, name of the title. Yeah, the television title. title, yeah. yeah. The, tel- the TV title. And then him and yeah. Red Ron Hunt, they're, they're regular listeners and supporters of the show. So, yeah, no doubt. Shout out to my man, yeah, Shane Taylor. People are sleeping on Shane Taylor. Man, man, this bro. dude's got Yeah, moves, when like, Shane was on this show, he shout me out. You know what I'm saying? And then you're going to forget him? Like, I can't do that, man. That's my man. Well, like, it's a long list, bro. That's my man. It's a long list. That's my man. Oh yeah, we out here pumping out talent, man. We pumping out some serious talent out here, man. <laughs> what is it it's about Texas, though, bro? Where's all this coming from? Oh man, look. Uh, the, the the thing is, is like, um, that's the crazy thing. It's like I feel like a lot of us have been, you know, like, 
you know, getting it done, you know, like even uh, m- one of my childhood friends, Adrian, uh, Ember Moon, she's injured right now, but, uh, you know, she trained with us too, you know what I'm saying? So, because uh, we were doing two schools, you know, uh, we were, a lot of us were two schooling, you know, uh, you know, we were training killers on Saturday and Sunday and we were at Skandar Akbar, another legend, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, so like, Man, we we were training every day, man. It was it was real life. <laughs> we well, were well, training Jay, every day. Let me day. ask you about that though, JD, because just from my experience in the business, which is not a lot, okay, just a couple uh-huh. of years as a commentator and a ring announcer, and, and a long right time on. as a fan, like I've seen promotions get a little salty about if you're training with me, you can't be training over there. To you, I mean, like you didn't run into any of that yourself. Uh, well, not at least not between Act and uh, and Killer. Like, uh, they like again they worked together a lot. You know, back in the eighties and 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 the nineties. You know, and uh, you know I had some some seasoning from Cowboy Johnny Mantel as well. Uh, we they I mean Killer was always like learn as much as you can. You know, learn as much as you can. Uh, he's like you know I don't know everything, but I'll teach you what I know. You know, uh, he was just always like don't waste it. You know that was that was the thing like us that came through in that class, we it was like, don't waste it. And um, I think that was important for us not to waste our opportunities. I'm not saying we didn't do our share of wasting opportunities, but, um, right. you know, uh, for the most part, uh, it was like, you know, don't waste your opportunities. And um, when you when you grow with, with the talent that we grew with, and then even the talent that came before us, because when we came in, guys like Tim Storm, who, you know, was just, you know, the NWA world champion, you know, he's still on NWA right now. Uh, he was, you know, taking us under his wing when we first got in as well. Guys like Tim Storm, um, it just it, it just is uh, guys like Action Jackson who you know worked in in Global and 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 AWA and things of that nature. Um, just different guy, James Beard, who was you know another Hall of Fame referee who like took us under his wing. Like we we talked to these people on a daily basis, you know what I mean? And they really um, helped. Uh, keep us in line and uh and everybody knew each other all the trainers and all these guys worked together so they all knew like you know these are his kids these this guy's kids you know and the village basically raised us all you know what i mean it was it was very much a collective effort uh it's too it's too much hate going on in wrestling now but it wasn't like that you really? know, in uh 2000 2007 2008 wasn't none of that hate and stuff you know so um but yeah man like it's it's we've had a lot of talent like grow in the area and um it's weird, like, about eight, nine years in, I debuted at um, Beyond Wrestling up in the Northeast, and uh, everybody was like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. Where have you been hiding? I was like, what you mean hiding, bro? What the hell? Like, I do this, you know? And that was that was Keith's last match before, you know, he ended up on NXT, and, you know, he was on his way out. I was on my way in, and that just kind of turned me into, you know, like a national, uh, you know, talent. Guys like Sammy Callahan took me under his wing, you know, uh, who was another guy who was just an amazingly talented guy uh, uh, and just, just a genius in wrestling. And so uh, the thing is, is like that all levels, like even the trainers, the old school guys, the trainers, the guys that came in right before us, the guys, we learned a lot from each other too, you know, just growing together. So like it's, it, it was just a good environment to grow in. Texas is just really a good environment to grow in. The only knock is some of us get so comfortable in such a nurturing environment, some of us never leave it, you know. And so there's a lot of talent that came from Texas that you've probably never even heard of. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, the, the 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 tough part is like, all right, come on, we gotta 
Let's get to California. Let's get to Japan. Let's get to England. Let's get to Mexico. Let's get to, you know. Um, so I think to answer your question, some some flack, but it wasn't. It was everybody learn where you can, grow together, and uh, put on the show. And when they ask where you come from, you better let them know, you know. And so here we are, you know. <laughs> Got got to represent. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot over my last question before I throw it over to my partner in crime, Nightmare sure, Jones, sure. And, and I think I think you'll appreciate this two parter. Number one, I heard you earlier mention that you spent some time in Mexico, uh, over yeah. at CMLL. Can you talk to us oh, about yeah. that experience, man? Did, did you enjoy it? Uh, uh, how did uh, you deal with the language, and and how was the wrestling? Uh, let me just start by saying these people are, are real in Mexico, okay? Like, they exist. These luchadors, they are real. They are not playing. It is not a game. They exist, okay? They are not – it is not a game for them. Uh, these guys are starting at seven years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And uh, just, just beast, bro, freaking beast, man. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, there was obviously a language barrier for, for, to a, for a little bit. Um, I, uh, it was, at first it was different because, like, the elevation, like, just getting off the plane and trying to take a deep breath was very, very, like, ner- and just unnerving. Like, I'd never, like, it wasn't like Colorado. Like, you got to play in Denver, it's like, you take a deep breath and it's kind of like, ah, it's uncomfortable. But, like, in Mexico, it was something else. I was like, oh, my God, I can't breathe. And uh, we all got off the plane and we went straight to the Arena of Mexico and trained, like, an hour later. Like <laughs> we got off the plane, uh, jumped on the shuttles, and went straight went straight to training. Like <laughs> we came in, signed all the paperwork, and went straight to training. You know, uh, and it was just jarring. Like a lot of these, some of these guys are in their forties and fifties and training every day. We train twice a day. We have four shows a week. Uh, we the first tour was three weeks. You know, uh, twice a day training, uh, show in the evening, uh, four days a week. Uh, our days off, we went to the pyramids and uh, there was a birthday party. You know, those only we only had two days off, and we were still ripping and running. So you would train, and then you'd go do like you know media or green screen or to a radio station or whatever. You get back and you train, and if you're on the show, you got like a little light training, and then you wrestled at the Arena Mexico, and then you know uh, head back to your room and get some sleep, and we'll see you in the morning. We'll see you at 9 a.m. You know, so it was these we'll guys are out, east, man. These guys are beasts, man. And everybody was super talented. Everybody's super patient with us because Lucha style is completely different. Um, and everybody's super patient. Uh, Olympico and, like, Ultimo Guerrero and Nitro, uh, Calistico. Mist- uh, Mystico uh, uh, was uh, Sin Cara. Uh, guys were just super patient, and they worked with us, and it was, it was, it was a beautiful thing, man. And I, I love the, the, the Mexican culture. And uh, they brought us in. They treated us like family. It was difficult, but uh, the thing was, is once you, once you, we hit a wall. You hit a wall every day. That's what I loved about it. Is you hit a wall every right. day, and they kind of, they just kind of want to see if, like, are you just gonna stop? Are you gonna break through that wall? Then once they see you'll break through that wall, uh, they'll pull you the rest of the way, man. And it was a beautiful thing. I hated leaving Mexico. I, I, I'm ready to go back soon as this virus stuff is over with. <laughs> but uh, right. yeah, they're well, glad- different. They're different. Glad you're back. They're different. Absolutely. Okay, we're, we're, we're glad you made it back safe, but being a man that was born in Mexico, now I'm a proud Mexican-American, I can tell you, uh, Mexico's a great place, but it's also, it's all you know, just like the U.S., it's, it's got its, it's got its potholes. I'm just 
just glad you didn't get stuck it's, in the Oh, it's grimy. It's grimy. I wasn't going to say all that. You yeah, got me, no. But you said it. <laughs> it's a little grimy. But uh, uh, we, a I lot re- of those guys stayed with us at all times, though. You know, uh, right. so, and our hotel wasn't too far from the arena and stuff. So we had a shuttle every day and we all stayed together in groups. And so we didn't, we, a lot of that stuff, we didn't see a lot of it. And the fans, like you already know, if you're a wrestler over there, yeah. like, you know, they, you, you, you know, you might as well be a superhero. And so everybody was Celebrity. super cool. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, it was jarring a little bit to see like myself on these billboards in like Mexico city and stuff. Like it was kind of, that was kind of weird. I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> because like they all wear masks, so they can just they can just walk around, you know, and they're cool. But like, you know, all of us that came from states, we're that's my face right there. And so it's like, is that you? And it's like, uh, yeah. And then there's the language barrier, you know. Surprisingly, a lot of people in Mexico like speak English, though. It was weird. Uh, it was, it was yeah. kind of crazy. Well, they teach it in school. They teach it in school. English, English is the language you learn in Mexico, just like you learn French or Spanish here. And I will say this: I, I grew up in uh, in the Miami area around Liberty City and Pearl City, uh, so I know yeah. a little something, something about a hood. And uh, my partners are like, "Oh, bro, blah blah blah, you never been like Kansas City here? We got like Columbus Park. We got somebody. I live in KC now, and oh, we got Columbus Park, and we got you know we got Paseo, we got True Truce and oh, Truman. No. And I'm oh, like, no. bro. You would never I've seen, seen a real hood, I've seen bro. Some hoods in Mexico. Mexico, yeah. Mexico, bro. Like yeah. these cats are making yeah. houses out of out of cardboard, bro. It's it's yeah. It's serious, I do. Bro. We we were going to the pyramids, man, and like we were driving on the highway, and 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 Papa Nitro was like, uh, you know, uh, hood ghetto, and it was like people like living in like shacks and huts and stuff on like this hill, like it was like yeah. crazy. It looked like a movie. I was Period. like, what? And so I had been yeah. to Mexico, like, you know, a few times as a kid, like, you know, but we went to resorts, and they were like, no, 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 you've never been, this is Mexico, Mexico. Like, there's Mexico, and then there's, like, Mexico, Mexico. <laughs> and so, like, I was like, oh, okay, so I've been to Mexico, Mexico now. So I'm like, oh, okay, all right, cool, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yes, you have. That's why you always hear, man, no matter, how, no matter how bad things get in this country, man, you're always going to hear us say that at the beginning of every show. We pay that Carl Lewis drop. And we go, man, this is the greatest country on God's green earth, man, because I'm telling you, oh, man. there's some it's, things around truth. here that are kind of shitty. There's some things around here that are kind of shitty, bro, but it's still better than anywhere else. So I'm going to move into my last question, and then we're going to sure. throw it over to Jonesy. And this is back on the Let's Texas thing, man. It's real simple. Undertaker finally hanging up the hat, the gloves, and the boots, oh. bro. I know that's got to hit you in a particular place. Oh. Can you talk to us about the influence and the impression that Undertaker made on you throughout these years? Uh, the Undertaker is, oh, man, it's, that's a little emotional. Uh, the Undertaker, uh, as a child, the Undertaker was scary, right? He was he's, he was that, he, <laughs> as a little kid, like, yeah. I, you know, he, he scared the hell out of me. Um, as I got older, you know, I, I, I started to get into wrestling more. Uh, as far as for the performance of it, um, once I became a wrestler and, you know, uh, you know, guys uh, like James will call him, you know, that's my buddy, Mean Mark, and Agbar would talk about, you know, um, you know, Taker and stuff. And, like, the thing that I loved about him was, like, him as a performer, he got better with time. You know what I mean? Obviously, time catches up with the problem. There was, like, when he was doing the, the Taker showing up for Mania, he just got better with time. But the thing that I loved the most about The Undertaker um, he was a consummate professional from the first day to the last. Consummate professional. Um, there's none of this extra BS 
that, you know, surrounded Taker. You know what I mean? Um, he was a professional. His personal life was his personal life, but uh, there was no locker room shenanigans. There was no none of the BS. It was He was a consummate professional. He held everybody to that standard, too. You know, you could do all that BS, but if Taker was in the locker room, it wasn't going to be any of that. You know what I mean? He commanded respect. There was a certain standard that if you were on the show with him in the locker room with him, you were a consummate professional, too. And that stuff is so rare now. And uh, I think he's he's the last of an era, man, honestly. The best we can do is try to imitate it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the best we can do is try to imitate it. Um, there will never be a class of guys like that again. Where they, you know what I mean? I guess. And, uh, man, that's I respect it about him the most is that I, 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 so much of us, even if it's any other sport, you have these things where, you know, you look up to an athlete and they do something and, and you know, and it kind of like you kind of feel let down by your heroes. Um, Taker was a consummate professional from his first day to his last one. And um, that was the thing that I took from him more than anything was this is a job. Um, you treat it with respect or you need to go do something else. And so um, I've always shown up um, ready to work, ready to do my job, uh, dressed professionally, uh, respectful to everyone, the janitor, the promoter, everybody got the same respect from me. Um, and uh, it's uh, he's one of those guys that he's that he's been the example. You know, obviously my parents were a good example. But, uh, you know, wrestling is kind of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know, but uh, not – yeah. With the, the the elites, they that wasn't a thing, you know, uh, a consummate professional. So um, I, that's the biggest thing I took away from him is his professionalism. Like, yeah, he was, was he an athlete? Absolutely. Was he a great uh, worker? Sure. Was he a great character? Of course. He was a consummate professional. We see good athletes all the time. We see great workers all the time. But how many of them were all of those and a consummate professional? Very very, very few. Well, with that said, Joe, I know you're very anxious to get on here uh, with J.D. Griffey, man, a guy who in his own right has already made quite the impression on the professional wrestling business, and he ain't done yet. But why don't you jump in here, oh, Joey, because I know you got some it. questions and some thoughts, bro. I do. I do. You know, so since I, I, I was doing my uh, uh, research on you, and, you know, you wrestled Quite a few people, you know, people like Mike Payne, Vicky Starks, Chandler Hopkins. Um, but the person that caught my mind, and this is a, a very, very strange character. Uh, you wrestled a guy by the name of Malico at SWE oh, yeah. Go for the Gold in 2019. How did you prepare uh, to wrestle a guy like Malico? Uh, I mean, if you've seen Malico, you've, he's... Uh... There is no preparing for Malico. Uh, <laughs> there, there really is no preparing you ain't for Malico. Uh, there isn't. Um, I think uh, my matches with Malico were so good for my career because I, w- I became known as a guy who could adapt because Malico had mind games that he got in everybody's skin. Malico and I have wrestled six times and five and one against Malico. You know what I'm saying? Um and the thing is, is like Malico can get under everybody's skin, and he gets under my skin too. There's the, he's he has he's not a textbook wrestler. Uh, I can prepare for somebody countering out of you know a body slam or evading a punch or a strike or 
getting out of my rear naked choke or something like that. The way that Malico was able to get out of certain moves and counter moves were psychological. They weren't they weren't crafty, physical. Like it, there's there was really no way to prepare for him. It was do everything that I do, you know, physically to get mentally prepared, and then it was. If, I guess it was like, how do you prepare for Malico? Like, watch a scary movie in VR while you're on a roller coaster, I guess. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, put yourself on the most mentally straining ordeal that you possibly can and then try to wrestle while doing so. Uh, it's it's weird. Like, okay. wrestling Malico is like being in a Saw movie. You know, you might survive it, but you're not going to be the same guy <laughs> that you were when you uh, started it. So uh, being in there with Malico, I was forced to grow. Um, and uh, I, I, as 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 much as we are rivals, uh, I have such a respect for him uh, as a performer, as huh? an athlete. Uh, and, uh, wow. And, and man, Joe, let me jump in here real super-duper quick. I want to jump. So I got a quick Malico story. XWE. Um, early, early, early spring, right before COVID-19, or maybe it was late last year, uh, it was uh, Kid Reaver versus Malico in the middle of Kansas, and somewhere along this match, Sriracha became a part of the equation, and these guys were putting Sriracha all over each other's eyes. I've never seen anything like it, so when J.D. says Malico. you can there that's you go. <laughs> there you, I just wanted to make sure I shared that story. Shout out to Kid Reaver. That's Malika. I love that guy. Yeah. So yeah Man, I, I, I popped his shoulders out in our chance. last match. I pop, I dislocated both of his shoulders, and I thought I was just going to pick him apart. But he just started laughing and started just swinging dead arms at me. And, like, he, like, hit me in the ear <laughs> with, like, this, like, a dead arm. And it does something to you mentally when you just, like, okay, I disabled this guy. I'm about to pick him apart. That has worked on every – you know what I mean? Like, I, I once I disable a guy, I'm just kind of, like, I'm just going to take him to dark, deep water and just wait till he can't swim anymore. Then I drown him. And then I'm going to get a win and get my check, baby. Uh, that did not play out the way that, you know, <laughs> it's something about when you dislocate a guy's arms and then uh, he just starts swinging them at you while he's laughing. It does something to you mentally. Uh, that I, I'm still not over it. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm still not over it. I, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's unique. He's a unique talent. But, uh, one of the best, not in, in Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, he's one of the best in the country. And uh, the minute that uh, he's in the right situation, it's going to be a done deal for that guy. No I could not, could not agree more. Um, so your wrestling style is kind of a, a mixture of traditional wrestling with uh, some Brazilian jiu-jitsu and some uh, Muay Thai what made you yeah. want to with, with that type of a wrestling style among all of the wrestling styles that we have? Um, it was something that I've always been in my whole life, you know. And you know, my father always told me, uh, if you got a weapon, use it. You know, when I came into wrestling, I did want to be the traditional wrestler, um, mm-hmm. but it was one of those things like uh, I, I was running neck and neck with guys, but then I was like, well, if I use every tool at my disposal, I, I started seeing myself, like, launch ahead of people, you know. A traditional wrestler who is six foot three, 210 pounds, is dead meat against a guy like Keith Lee. But I've taken Keith Lee to his limits of many times um, just because I'm precise with my strikes, you know. Uh, elbow to the temple, I don't care how big you are, it's going to, you know, you're going to feel some type of way. 
sometimes those don't turn out well for me because Keith Lee is an anomaly as an athlete. Uh, <laughs> there's nobody who's 330 pounds that should be moving like him. So uh, I wouldn't say that I was always prepared for that particular thing. But, uh, yeah, um, that fighting style is um, you can put me in there with anybody, and um, I'm going to have the, the tools properly to uh, if I can keep a level head and uh, assess the situation and adapt properly, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm usually at the advantage the entire time. There's not too many matches where I'm at the disadvantage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know that 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 is a a absolutely amazing you know thing that you were able to uh, mix mix all all that up. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk about is your titles. You have won quite a few titles, but sure. <laughs> I would have to say one of the most impressive things is you are the current. Texoma Pro Texas champion, and you've been that champion for 1,321 days. That is very, very, very impressive. How does it feel to be a champion for that long? Uh, I mean, honestly, it's uh, – I, I didn't even know that. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't counted. I just, <laughs> you just count. We do you, our homework, like, bro. <laughs> like uh, – no, I, it's just one of those things I don't even, like, I'm not tallying that kind of stuff. I'm just like, it's just the next title defense, and then the next title defense, and then the next title defense. And my thought process is just don't lose, you know, win this one, win this one, win this one, and then over time, time racks up. But, uh, I mean, I like to think, I mean, I surround myself with uh, talented people who are growing every day, and it requires me to grow. Guys like Chandler Hopkins, who's an amazing athlete, Matthew Palmer, an amazing athlete, um, training in Atlanta at the Good Brothers Dojo with uh, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and uh, Tyson Dean. Uh, like, I'm surrounding myself with people who are just tremendous athletes. A uh, guy like Jonathan Gresham, who was, I'm going to just say it, Jonathan Gresham is the best pure wrestler on the planet. Um, mm-hmm. Guys like him who, you know, you know, hold you accountable and keep you sharp, you know. I've I just been able, uh, Adrian Reese, uh, Ember Moon, you know, uh, Mia Yim is somebody who, She's, you know, she's she's a girl, but look, she'll kick your ass, all right. She'll kick your ass. Uh, she's 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 outdoing us in the weight room. She's outdoing us on the treadmill. She's outdoing us, like you know what I mean. Like, uh, I just surround myself with just you know, top tier athletes. Who uh, I never want to be the best guy in the huddle. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm the best guy in the huddle, I find a new huddle. Uh, so I've I've been able to surround myself with people who are. Uh, superior to me in some measurable way that requires me to grow. And then uh, when you put me against those people, I can face those people and take them out. And if you put me against somebody that's outside of that circle, they're dead meat, man. You know, so uh, I've been able to be in some advantageous situations. But I will say this, it's hard to be close friends with all these people who are just like, you know, they're like, yeah, you're successful. And then I kind of look at my stats and I go, yeah, those are nice. But then I look at my friend's stats and I go, ah, I still got a ways to go. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, it's 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 crazy. Uh, uh, Shane was just saying that the other day. He's like, "Man, you gotta, you know, you doing you doing you doing well, man. You gotta just you gotta appreciate the moments." I'm like, "It's easy for you to say. You're the Ring of Honor Television Champion, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like yeah, for you to say, you know." Uh, so, uh, um, so that's just my thought process to just keep growing. And so I've held a lot of titles, but I got so many more that I'm trying to shoot for. And um, 
and it's not. It's I'm. I got a long way to go, man. So I mean, I appreciate the acknowledgement on past accomplishments, but I got so many. I got so I got so far to go, man. Like I'm just kind of just like, all right, I got to get what's next. I got to defend these and win more, and that's just my mentality every day. Well, Josie, I'm going to jump in here with my last question. Those were some good ones, bro. Go ahead, close it out. Yeah, that that was my last question. I was going to throw it to you, sir. So it's all yours. Look at y'all. Teamwork makes dream work. (laughs) Hey, no doubt. That's what we do here, man. We're just tagging in and out. Well, we're not going to have time for the uh, shoot and shout segment because we did start a little bit late. That's on our fault. That's that's our bad. We want to respect your time. But I did have one good. final question. So yes, back on May 27th, back on May mm-hmm. 27th, you posted something that was near and dear to my heart. And here's what it said. It said, I'm up jamming Uh-oh. Nate Dogg and Warren G in my headphones reminiscing. Thanks, night, LOL. So here's my question for you. Okay. When it comes to old school hip hop, right, uh-huh. what, yeah. what is the song? that if you were stuck on a desert island, that uh-huh. you would absolutely make sure you brought with you when we're talking about old school hip-hop. You, you brought up Regulators. I'll give you that one. What For song sure. would you go to that desert island with, bro? That way people get to know you a little bit more on a personal level. So it's got to be hip-hop? Well, not necessarily. Let's just call old school. Whatever you think Cause I you listen would want to live on that, like, island. Bro, I got, bro, I, I got Sinatra in my on my playlist right now. I got Frank Sinatra on my like my dad was super old school. My dad I listen to the Isley Sinatra, like I listen to uh the Thames. I listen to Drew Hill, one twelve, Tupac, you like you know what I'm saying? Uh I, yeah I, listen, I was all over the place, man. So I got one song. Uh one song. Man. Oh man, this that's rough, bro. That's that's not a fair question. All right. Uh, Come man. on. What do you got? <laughs> man, I'm going to have to go. Uh, man, it just depends on, like, when I get stuck, man, on the island. Oh, stop <laughs> it. it. Stop it. Come on. Uh, give us something. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Man, I'm gonna have to go with something Pac, man. Like Pac, Pac used to get me like motivated, man. Wonder I don't know what song exactly. Wonder if heaven got man, heaven, uh, man. Look, that's that that's was a, a good, good one. one. That's a good one. Ah, oh, but man, he was like a storyteller, man. I'm gonna go with I ain't mad at you, man. That was a good one, man. Like where he just talked about the wow. growth of being a man. Wow, you know what I'm saying? Voice, man. And respecting and respecting, you know, his friend. Uh, growing as a man, you know, and not being a part of the street game and him not making fun of him being like, I ain't mad at you, bro. Like, I'm glad you've grown, you know. I, I've always, I, I, it was it was weird. And I understood that, like, as as a child, like, listen to that song, like, I understood, you know. What, like, again, I never grew up in, like, the hood. I had a pretty privileged upbringing. But I remember thinking, like, you know, being a biracial kid, being made fun of for things like not being a hood and not being, you know, uh, quote-unquote black enough, you know. Having the um, right shoes. So I, you know, so I remember listening to that song and being like, "Man, I wish I had friends like that." You know, you know, he's like, "Oh, you a Muslim? Like, you you you're not out here trying to get these hoes and you know, being in the game. You like, you're a Muslim now, and you you're you're a family man. You're a father. You're a husband. You doing? I ain't mad at that, man. All right, God, you know, like good. You know, I I've always liked that song. Yeah, 
get the beat for your sister, but never went up in them. Uh. All right, everybody, that's a whole you know, other show. <laughs> you know, hey, I, you, I know, you, you, hey, you already know the song there, so you know what time it is. I yeah. do, I do, yeah, man. I you already know. I'm Mexican, bro, but I'm American, too. Hey, I got one hey, recommendation see, hey. for you, then we'll, we'll close it out. I got one recommendation right. for you because I think that there's right, a good. merge of what you like and it exists, and you might not even know about it. So that way, when you when you hang up the phone and you'll be like, man, that, that Night Owl character and that Nightmare Jones character, I don't know about them, but, man, you know what? I like the interview. They got I some tight. The interview. So, you know, <laughs> so listen, listen. All right. The Notorious B.I.G. featuring Frank Sinatra. It's a whole album. It's what? called Blue Eyes, Blue Eyes Meets Bedside. Listen to that. It's free on YouTube. All you got to do is look okay. for it. It's called Blue Eyes Meets Bedside, okay. and you can thank me that later. How about that, J.D.? That sounds fire, bro. That sounds fire. Yeah, I'm going to get on bro. that. Trust me. That sounds sound like flames, bro. That sounds like fire flames. I'm with it. I'm with it. Go ahead. Yeah, All right, well, it. ladies and gentlemen, that does bring us to the end of our first featured interview of the evening. J.D., before you go, man, two yeah. quick things. How can people keep up with you on social media? And number two, man, welcome in as the newest member of the Wrestle Talk Familia, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me uh, on on Twitter and Instagram. Just uh, on Twitter is JD Griffey at JD Griffey. Uh, on Instagram is at JD underscore Griffey. Um, yeah, just catch me, follow me. I keep I keep the content heavy. It hasn't been heavy, you know, the past few weeks for obvious reasons, you know, but. Uh, I try to be kind of proud of with stuff from my trainer, but yeah, man, y'all, you guys follow me on social media. Uh, thank you guys for having me on here. Glad to be a part of the family. Uh, and let's do this again soon, man. Shout out to all my teammates. Shout out to Chayo Muay Thai Academy and Gracie Jiu Jitsu in California. Uh, shout out to Good Brothers Dojo. Shout out to the Dojo in uh, Den, Texas, Ember Moon and Matthew Palmer School. Shout out to them. Uh, and shout out to you guys for having me. Thank you so much. Shout out to Killer. Thank you for the blessings that you gave me, sir. And uh, I won't fail you. Thank you, sir. Mucho, mucho respeto, bro. Thank you. Thank you so much. Josie, say goodnight, man. We got to go to break. Man, thanks, man. You you have yourself a good one. Uh, until next Thank time. You, Peace. Indeed. Peace. Oh, my goodness. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and go to break. And what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and play that Terry Funk again, and we're going to be back in uh, two minutes and, what, 30 seconds for now? Sounds good. And right? I'm telling y'all, yeah, you know what? I'm telling you guys, you're right, two minutes and about 10. Let's, go, let's do two minutes so we can get FWWC in. We already got a couple of callers. General managers, get off your asses. Get your people on the line. We're going to give everybody two minutes to come in and talk your shit. But I'll tell you what, Blue Eyes meets Bedside. I'm telling you, if you guys haven't looked that up already, you're tripping. We'll see you guys in two minutes. See you in a few. Peace.
Y'all, what up? Night Owl, Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, Nightmare Jones and all the best guests. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night of the prom. Yo, get pasta, chicos. We are back for hour number two of the Wrestle Talk podcast and the phone lines are on fire i got representation i got representation from inferno but i'm trying to figure out where the hell is rise i don't see nobody from rise you guys are the biggest you're the baddest you're ahead in the score update but yet no callers from the rise brand right now and not to be honest with you i'm a little disappointed well as we wait for the rise brand to make a little time for their sponsors, okay, we're going to go ahead and bring on a couple of other people because these people are ready and willing. So do me a favor. If you're tuning in right now, whether it be through the Facebook live feed or you're listening to the replay, somebody make some noise and remind Rise that it's Wrestle Talk Tuesday and this is not the time to be slacking off, okay? You guys, you got to lead. I think you're getting a little arrogant, and the fact that you're not participating in tonight's show is a damning tale of when people get too big for their britches. So, we're only about 10 minutes away from Dexter Hardaway, ladies and gentlemen. Hang with us, because we've got to talk to some of the people from the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. That's right, folks, the FWWC. And we're going to start off with the general manager of the Inferno brand. See, this is, and you guys know I've got my bias against La Familia. I'll admit it on a personal level, not professional. I always keep it professional. But on a personal level, La Familia is giving more headaches than I can count. But there's one member of La Familia that always shows up and always wrecks shop. And I mean that in, in the best way possible. And that is the one and only singular female member of La Familia Worldwide, Hardcore Sis. Hardcore Sis, welcome to the show tonight. What is on your mind? How you doing, Night Owl? You know, first let me say, Rise, y'all, y'all slacking on your macking, babies. Y'all need to get with it because the Inferno oh, wait, team, wait, what did you as say? always. Wait, what did you say? I, what, you said they were slacking on their macking? Is that what you said? That's what I said. Oh, I smell gunshots, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Well, shots fired. Two seconds into your interview, mission accomplished already. What else you got for us, sis? Well, you know, the Inferno team, we always show up, we show off, and then we get out of there. Because that's what we do. We're tough. We're hot. We bring the heat. That's what Inferno is all about. And believe me, every week on both your show and the FWWC tonight, we always make sure we have representation because we appreciate our sponsors. Well, well, and we appreciate you, hardcore sis, but let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Couple of 
things going on, not only on Inferno, but we're also just a week away from the FWWC La Familia hosted Dark Realm Trios Tournament. And I have a sneaky suspicion that you're working behind the scenes to find yourself a couple of partners. I'm curious. Are you trying to participate in the trio tournament? And if so, who might we expect to see by your side? Well, you know, I'm not going to give away who I definitely may or may not have. But I will say this. I will say this. If I can work the deal that I'm working on, you're going to see a couple of faces from the past that will be coming back by Hardcore Sis's side and winning that trio's contest. I can promise you that. But Hardcore Sis is definitely working on getting in. Whoa, all right. Interesting. See, I knew that you had something up your sleeve. I get it if you don't want to spill all the beans right now. I get it. But we definitely are anxious to see who you team up with for the trios tournament uh, qualifiers that start this upcoming Monday. Here's my second question for you, sis. Inferno, you guys are currently in possession not of one, but two of the top championships in this group, having Marcus Mayhem as the hardcore champion and the Bishop as the Warriors Heart champion. Now, I know this past Friday there was a lot of things talked about and, and a lot of conversation about the Warriors Heart Championship, but nobody asked your opinion about how it felt to have brought over the Warriors Heart Championship. Not only have you taken it away from Infinite, but you also took it away from the SOF. I'm curious if there was ever a moment to gloat. This is it. I want to know how you feel about it, Hardcore Sis. Well, actually, SOF does still hold it. I mean, Bishop is part of SOF. But more importantly than that, he is Inferno. Fair point. Fair point. I I stand corrected. I apologize. Please continue. Oh, no problem at all. But, you know, like you said, I did take it away from Infinite, which was the biggest thing. And who better to take it from Infinite than Bishop? And the Bishop current time is a three- time champion I mean what more is there you know and having two of the top titles why (laughs) hey I'm just that good and believe me if the chance occurs I might have all three of the top on my brand whoa whoa take it easy take it easy (laughs) I don't know if you know what you're asking for that is a big load to carry well all that said, we are just about five or excuse me, five or six minutes away from our second featured guest of the evening, Dexter Hardaway. If you are a professional wrestling fan, particularly in the Midwest, oh dear God, no. Surprise! Oh my my gosh. What? Listen, sir, we have very little time between now and the time that we're supposed to bring on our second featured guest, one of the Midwest's 
most recognizable and respected talented workers, Dexter Hardaway. We're getting ready to board the Dexter. You're in about five minutes, Mayhem, but you just have to make my life impossible as I make my way into the Dexter, don't you? Why do you always have to show up here and cause mayhem? Because that's my name, doofus. What do you think I'm here for? As far as I'm concerned, your your name should be asshole. I've been called many names. Asshole is one of my favorites. Shocking. What do you want, Mayhem? Let's get on with it already. Oh, of course. Well, I was calling in to see, you know, if we're going to have any more participants in this um, trios match sponsored by the Wrestle Talk Podcast and La Familia's Greatest. And I see that Sis is on her way of getting a couple of people to join the losing team. So, you know, that's good. We got a few more teams that stepped up to the plate. But there's there's a few people that kind of it, it confused me. And, you know, maybe you might be able to speak on this, but the SOF has been kind of quiet. You know, they're supposed to be, you know, the biggest and baddest team to step up the La Familia, but they're nowhere to be found. What, what's going on with that? Well, listen, you're asking the wrong guy. I'm not a general manager. I happen to be a member of the BOD. But where the SOF has been, I don't know. What I can tell you is that Curtis Black is back and that Bishop is holding the Warriors Heart Championship. And as much as I hate to admit it, you are now the hardcore champion. So I know that has nothing to do with the SOF, but there's been a lot of changes here lately, and I'm surprised you don't want to talk about any of those things, ma'am, because you were also in the Warriors Heart Championship match. And I know you don't like to talk about it, but you came up a little bit short. So with the little bit of time we have left, what explanation, or I should say excuse, do you have for that? Oh, I don't have any excuses. And yeah, I came up short, but, you know, I give Bishop all the credit in the world. He is someone who is very respected, and he brought it back to the best brand, Inferno brand. And in regards to Curtis Black making his return, it's good because, let's face it, Rise needed the brains back, and here he is, Curtis Black. But I wonder, with SummerSlam coming up, Curtis Black coming up, we do have a storied, storied past as being former general managers and all the heat we've got between each other. You know, it wouldn't be so surprising if Curtis Black decided to, let's say, come for my hardcore championship. Mm, very interesting. We all know he's got a special place in his heart for that championship. So I wouldn't be surprised, Mayhem. I got to give you that one. You know, if if you're listening, Curtis Black, I'm open to all challengers from all brands at SummerSlam, and I wouldn't expect nothing less from Mr. Curtis Black. And maybe he might bring along Guy with him, because let's not forget, Mayhem has a friend of his own. And that's where we'll leave it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, to everybody else on hold for the FWWC segment, KOB, I-, I know that I promised to get you on, bro. I apologize. Uh, time has gotten the better of us, but uh, there is always this upcoming Friday where we'll be having the Pick'em, the FWWC tonight, hosted by uh, Money Man Mills. Make sure you guys check that out over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. And Voorhees, 
somber day right now um you know we heard with the passing of uh wrestling legend killer tim brooks it's it's kind of a it's kind of a weird day but other other than that i'm doing okay i'm happy and i'm healthy man well that's uh that's both sad and great to hear um i guess it would only be appropriate if i kind of shared with you kind of caught you up to speed a little bit of 
what we've done during tonight's show. We're we're trying to stay upbeat ourselves, but we, we did sure. start off the show today honoring uh, the late, great Tim Brooks, killer Tim Brooks, uh, with a Tim Bell salute. And, you know, what was real crazy, it was kind of almost unplanned, Dex. We had J.D. Griffin on the show, uh, or, or J, I'm sorry, J.D. Griffey on the show just, just about an hour ago, and he is also a former student, disciple, fan, and friend of the late great. So the fact that we're having you on the show as well, that you have that connection, connection with him, is is kind of almost unprecedented. So I guess it would be unfair uh, if we didn't start uh, there, bro. Can, can you please share uh, with us how you're feeling the best that you can and, and some of your experiences uh, being trained by this legend? Uh, you know, uh, unlike most, I didn't have the opportunity to be trained by him. Um, I've been on many shows with him. I've had many interactions with him. He's a great human being. Um, it, it, I, I was a ruffian as a young kid, so maybe it wasn't good that I met him as I was younger because I like to buck authority a little bit. Um, but any of the times <laughs> right, that I fair. was around him, um, he was just so down to earth. And he's very nice and respectful and would give you any any type of feedback you were looking for, good, bad, and different. Um, and, you know, I mean, he he was wrestling-wise inside the ring, man, watching him as a kid. He was a scary individual at times. So, um, you know, prayers go out to uh, his family and close friends, and um, our, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Well, you know, you know, you know what, Dex? I, I do want to say this, like, like I went through your, you know, doing our research or whatever we go through our combat. Like, I saw how you spoke of him. And I made the assumption that he had worked with you or trained with you. And, and so I apologize for for, for, um, uh, for putting that out there, uh, you know, not 100% accurately. But it, it sounds like you definitely have a reverence, which which I think is great because, you know, we got a lot of old school guys on the show. We've had the opportunity to talk to, to countless legends. And, and I, a lot of these OGs, bro, they feel like they just, like, aren't appreciated. Like, you know, the guys who just stop and listen – but it sounds like you are one of those guys, and I think that's why you've had so much success in your career. Is that accurate? Am I depicting that accurately, like you value the teachings of the old school and you take it to heart? Because it sounds like that's the case uh, with Tim Brooks. Absolutely, man. Um, if there's one thing that I've learned over the years, man, if it's, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And the wrestling business is absolutely not broken. Um you know, it's going through a dark period right now, yes, but as far as, as being, you know, the the core um, of pro wrestling is storytelling. And, you know, the moves don't matter. The moves do not matter one bit. The core values of pro wrestling is storytelling, and that's what I enjoy. And that's what I took from, from guys like Killer Tim Brooks and Harley Race and, you know, Texas led Bullman Downs, and, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. That's what I took from them, man, is to be able to tell a good story and engage the crowd. Oh, dude, you know what? I love to hear you say that because I feel like there is some truth to what the OGs say when they come on here, and we talk to guys like Tracy Smothers uh, and many other just amazing contributors to the sport. And, and that is their sentiment, man, and we hope that it doesn't get lost on so many people because, you know, the, the legends of yesteryear, you know, we were talking to J.D. earlier, Dex, and we were talking about Undertaker and his influence um, and, and that there is so much 
old school savvy intelligence that comes with a guy like that being in the business for 30 years. So I guess I will only pose, it would only be right if I posed that same question to you. Um, we obviously saw him hang up the, the, the hat, the gloves, and the boots. What sort of influence did The Undertaker have on your pro wrestling career? Oh, man. Um, I would be reminisced if I, if I didn't mention that as a child, I was scared to death of it. Um, what was it, 1990 or 91, his debut, man, was yeah. just, you know, and, and we were in awe of it, you know, uh, me and some friends that were big-time wrestling marks, man, we just, you know, we'd seen nothing like that before. So if anything, it taught me to dare to be different, you know, try something. If it doesn't work, try something else. You know, something's going to work if you put your heart and soul into it, um, you know, and, and it also taught me to live the gimmick. Um, as he mentions many a times in the documentary on the network there, um, he lived his gimmick. And, and I believe that if we saw any, any of Mark Calloway rather than the Undertaker character any time other than now in the present time, it would have ruined it for all of us. It would have ruined the mystique for everyone. So I'm really glad they held off and, and waited till the very end of his uh, career to do something like that. Man, I, I couldn't agree more. I know we were all scared of Undertaker as kids. And, and you know what? Sometimes they, they do some of this stuff uh, just a little bit too soon. Uh, and, and I'm just looking at my notes here, and I know that in your past you have a history of being a former football player. And I'm thinking about hearing about this documentary that they're doing on Tom Brady and Tom Brady and his career. And I'm like, bro, he's not even done yet. Why would you, why would you do a a documentary on a guy that's still going to play for three, four years. I mean, like Undertaker, I think, played this probably better than anybody. So we got to tip our cap to the dude, you know, just not only for what he's done, but for how he's closing out his career. I think just probably the most undisputed, respected superstar of all time. And to hear somebody who's active in the game like you have that much respect for him only validates the way that I feel. So I think that's, that's pretty dope. And and as far as the Tom Brady thing goes, I mean, I think a lot of people will feel the same way, you know, that they want him to retire. They're ready for him to retire. He's been in the spotlight for so many years, and he's been on top. He hasn't just been, you know, uh, uh, with a good team. He's been on top for, you know, almost two decades now. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, maybe it's kind of a push. Hey, Tom, take the hit, but, you know. You're going to retire just like me, man. You're you're going to go whenever you're ready, whenever your body tells you so, and not a minute sooner. Yeah, no, you got to respect it. You got to be a good listener to know when your body's telling you that time is up. Uh, I guess it, it would be uh, a little disrespectful, seeing as I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, if I didn't elaborate <laughs> on the football thing a little bit more. For one, I'm petitioning that the NFL not come back and that we just go down in history as the last champions ever. I'm okay with that, but my huh. my buddy Nightmare Jones, who happens to be a Raider fan, doesn't like that idea. What do you think about it, Dick? Oh, uh, man, I'm a Detroit fan, so to be honest with you, I'm okay with the way you feel about it, but I would <laughs> like a chance to at least, you know, have a winning season again. So <laughs> It's been a while. It absolutely it has been absolutely a while. Has about been, as, about as long it has, as it, it has, has uh, for the Raiders. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> Two long-suffering fans. You all right, Joey? You crying over there or what? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, dude, that's that's badass. All right, well, I'm going to stay on that topic and then move to, to some Midwest wrestling stuff because I got a couple of questions for you there. But, bro, so you played okay. DB, right, uh, back in the day. How do you feel like that, that ball background? Because we hear a lot of guys from the basketball kind of background make their way into, uh, into pro wrestling, the weightlifting background, the MMA background, but not all the time about football players. So you use that attribute as a football player to work your way into it. I know people can bring up Stone Cold and a few others, Brock Lesnar or whatever, but for the most part, football players in the transition to wrestling is not something you see all the time. How do you feel like that, that experience in football has helped you in pro wrestling? Man, if anything, it, you know, it taught me, you know, you're going to get beat up by coaches. You're going to get broken down. Um, you don't quit. Um, that's what, that's one thing sports as, as a young kid taught me. Cause I started training to be a professional wrestler in very early of 1996. I had my first match in March of 96. So it was like rough, you know, maybe like eight weeks of training and, 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 you know, frustrating at times, very frustrating. Um, but once I started to pick up on things, you know, football, um, and, and hard, hard-nosed coaches and everything like that and going through that, it, it helped me to, to be able to n- not give up, um, to push through, push, push, push my limits. Um, things that I couldn't do, you know, I would try to do. Um, so football and athletics in general, man, um, and I would say golf. I played a little golf in high school too. Um, compared to the guys that I was around, my teammates, I, I was nowhere near good. Um, but golf also taught me to relax and calm down and, you know, find your zen and your happy place. And, you know, same place with wrestling, man. Relax, calm down, have fun, and just wrestle. <laughs> so. Wait, did I just – Joey, did I just hear a Happy Gilmore reference, like a real low-key Happy Gilmore reference? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Find your find your happy place, man. That's that's are, uh, that's awesome, are, dude. Are the you gonna happy. hop up somewhere randomly during my matches and go? You're gonna miss. You're gonna miss. It. <laughs> you want to go to the Sizzler? Dexter, you want to go to the Sizzler? Yeah, I'm down for it. Oh, Let's man. do it. Dude, you know what? That's so funny that you say that because I've been trying to get over to Metroplex. I've been trying to get over uh, with my buddy Jerry Bostic, a former guest of the show, for, a member of the WrestleTalk family, uh, over to the Kansas. Uh, what was I'm trying to? I know he's got a few of them. KWR. Um, yeah, KWR man in Western Kansas. Jerry's such a great dude. We love him to death. Uh, I would love to come to one of the shows and do that for you. Can you talk to us a little bit about your your time here in the Midwest and some of the different promotions you've been able to work for? Some highlights, maybe even some lowlights. Man, um, really, back in the day, um, it started, uh, like I told you, I, tra- I, I had my first match in 1996, um, probably around early 1997. I started traveling with some other wrestlers, some veterans around the area. And one of the places that I started going to is Wichita, Kansas. Um, used to go down there every Wednesday. I cannot remember, for the love of God, what the name of the studio was. It was in downtown Wichita. We taped for television there with a gentleman by the name of Dan Adams. Um, who is still involved, um, I believe, somewhere up there in Kansas with someone. Um, and so that's kind of where, you know, my startup there got. Um, and and like I said, I did that every year for like uh, um, uh, every Wednesday for like a year. Um, and it was crazy being 17 years old, driving by myself two and a half, three hours, 
um, every Wednesday. And I, it was a great learning experience. There were several veterans around there that I, that I got to learn from. Um, I also met guys like Tiger Tretch Phillips Jr., who was a, uh, a trainer of mine, a father figure in my life. Um, he is the nephew of Sputnik Monroe, who's another old school professional wrestler. Um, and, and I got to travel, um, I got to travel and do some shows, uh, up in Missouri and Arkansas. Um, I got connected at that point, um, met Harley race for the first time in like 1998, um, at a random house show, um, that he was booked at. And, uh, and that's kind of how, you know, I, I, I haven't been back up to the Midwest too much, but I'm looking to change that here, you know? I call it the Dex Express. I don't know how long I've got left to do this, but I'm going to enjoy the ride, and I'm going to try to get out there um, to as many uh, independent companies uh, as I can that will have me, at least. That's right, man, the Dex Express, or, or you can hop hop aboard the Dex Star, which I freaking love that, dude. I thought it was so great. <laughs> I was looking through your profile. I was like, dude, this, this dude knows how to get over with the fans, man. It, it, and it's obviously working, and it's going to continue to work. Uh, with this attitude, that and you have now, now l- let me correct you there. Um, you say that what, I know what, how what? to get over with the fans, man. And to be honest with you, in the ring, yes, I'll, I'll give you that. I know what I'm doing. I, I have no, I, I will not. Um, I have the confidence in myself, 100% in the ring. Um, now, outside of the ring, you know, it's different these days, man. It's all about social media and how you present yourself. Um, and that's about 75% of the business now, you know, and that's the tough part. But I learned all that and how to promote myself by watching those that knew what they were doing, as well as watching those that were terrible at it to learn what not to do. So I've got to give the credit to, <laughs> you know, to someone other than myself. <laughs> no, no, that, that's bad as hell. And you know what? There are so many guys that are still kind of fighting the wave. You know what I mean? I'm sure you know a couple of them. Like, ah, I'm not messing around with that. You know what I mean? But, like, it, it, it's all about, like, re- recognizability, right? Like, if someone recognizes you, whether you're a ring announcer or a referee, like, that helps, right? So the That's fact right. that you've been willing yeah. to adapt. So I, I, I'll put praise back in your lap by your willingness to do it because some people just won't do it. And and I le- I learned um, man when I first started this thing you know I, I I got after a long hiatus from pro wrestling I I got back into it um, after my divorce um, in June of 2018 and I took really a, about a year man from like June of 18 to June 19 and just kind of studied what everybody did how the wrestling business has changed um, and and that's one thing that I picked up man I learned. I, I learned how to work the social media game. And and I, when I started, I was getting a couple of hundred views per video, man. And then I, I gave myself a goal to get 500 views. And now that I started doing that consistently, I'm disappointed if I don't get 500 views. Um, you know, so I, I constantly keep setting a goal. And so far, I keep breaking that. So I, I'm happy where I'm at currently. Dude, that's the shit. And your hard work is definitely paying off, man. No doubt about it. And, and you made time for us. So we obviously are grateful to you for that. Josie, I know you got a couple of questions and thoughts, man. I've been a little selfish up to this point. Why don't you jump in? I do. I, I, I do have have a couple of questions. So one of the uh, questions I wanted to ask you is, you were involved in a stable called Villain with Alex Royal, uh, Luke Williams, 
Paul Puerto Rico, Ray Martinez, Reed, Skyler Faden. Uh, what exactly was villains? Um, villains, um, it, to say it in a nice way, were a group of thugs that decided they did not care about um, wrestling for a cause, which is a company here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, they didn't care what it stood for anymore, um, and they were going to change things, and they created the villains, um, and they bucked the system, so to speak. And um, I thought I was in that group momentarily, but I, I believe it was like October of last year. They they put a beat down on me, and um, I guess that answered my question. Let me know where I stood. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I did not uh, uh I did not know that. Um wow. Uh so the villains are always to... lurking, so never ever ever think that they have disbanded. They they're always gonna be around, <laughs> trust me. That's bad. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So as I was going through some of, of, of the information, I see that some of your signature moves you've got the Money Milo, the uh, Dexter Rana, but the move that interested me was the Bruce Almighty Driver. What exactly is the Bruce Almighty Driver? And how it, if I can give you a visual, um, it is actually called a Kryptonite Crunch, which is the same move. It's a variation of the same move that Fit Finley used to do to finish his opponents in the WWE. You know, when he was with Hornswoggle, he used to hook their head, body over his back, grab their uh, head and their leg, and drive them to the mat. Oh, wow. That sounds like, like a move that I don't want any part of it's, whatsoever. <laughs> it's painful. I've been on the receiving end of it. It's painful. I, it sounds like it's painful. Um, so you are also the... The current ASP five-star champion. You've been the champion for 164 days. What does it feel like to to be the ASP five-star champion? Um, and you know that's actually um, only the second title I've uh, held um, in the last two years since I've been back. The first one um, was a heavyweight championship um, for uh, a Mid South Wrestling um, in Oklahoma City. Um, I held that for about a week before I was defeated for it. Wah, wah, wah. Um, but wow. I won the five-star championship, um, and you said it had been 160-some-odd days, man, and I, and I really take pride in that. Um, I'm one of the faces of the company, um, so I'm always going to be on the poster. Um, you know, I, I try to represent that, you know, belt with pride and uh, carry it, take it out whenever I can, and, and just let people know, you know, all about All-Star Pro. Um, They're out of Bethany, Oklahoma. And um, the next show is uh, July 12th, Sunday, July 12th. I believe it starts at 3.30. Plug, plug. Awesome. Awesome. That, 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 that is, is, is awesome that, you know, that, that you are so, uh, you know, happy for, for your titles. And the last question before I throw it back to, to Renee is, uh, as I was looking through your matches, I saw that, that you were in a, a six-man tag where, Adam Ashley, Chandler Hopkins, and Mr. Robble went against yourself, Michael Schaefer, and one of Renee's best friends, one and only now is 
Plunke. Uh, can you tell us about that 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 uh, <laughs> six man? Well, I, I'm glad you pronounced it right because most people call him Plunky. You know, I don't, I don't like that well, neither he, does he. I'm he, sure he doesn't he, like that. He, <laughs> no, he doesn't. You know, he um, uh, Niles has always been a, a air quotes a bandmate of mine, a, a guy that I've always run up and down the road with. So we we always get along. And currently, right now, we are in a stable at SWE Fury TV, and we are a part of the uh, Rabid Empire. Um, our manager yes, being Nigel, Nigel, Nigel Rabid. Yeah, Nigel yeah, Rabbit. yes, sir. Nigel, um, Nigel treats friends. me very well. He pays me very well. Every time I win a match, he pays me an ice cream on top of what my wrestling payday <laughs> for that night would be. So I enjoy Nigel. I enjoy the business relationship that we have. And SWE Fury, um, back to the plugs, they have a television taping in Plano, Texas. Two of them. Um, this Friday at 3 p.m., maybe 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. Uh, in Plano, Texas. So check that out. All that info, I promo all the shows that I'm on, so you can find out any info on things that I'm talking about on my page, on my Facebook page. Awesome. You know, one nice. thing about Nigel Rabbit is uh, Nigel Rabbit always comes on to the podcast, and every time he comes on, Renee is always so happy when he comes on, aren't you, Night Owl? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, let's set the record straight. Last time he came on, you tried kissing his ass, and he put you in your place, Nightmare Joe. So let's not do this revisionist history because we know who's really, who's really Nigel Rabbit's favorite, air quotes. Okay? So don't even start with me, Nightmare. Yeah, well, N- Nigel I'm... Rabbit can sniff out a butt kisser from a mile away, man. If I'm not mistaken, the last time that Nigel Rabbit came on to the show, he kicked you off of the show, and it became the Nigel Rabbit show. And so... Fucking bullshit! <laughs> but anyway, anyway... So That's how I feel about that. I'm dying over here. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... My last question, and then I'm going to throw it back to Renee because I know he has a bunch of questions. Is uh, you were trained by a, a lady by the name of uh, Jesse Jersey. Can can you tell us a little bit about being trained by Jesse? Uh, by by who? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just going. You by might be mistaken. Word. I must be. I will cover that real quick. My initial training started um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma with a local company. I learned the basics there. I had my first match. Uh, like I said, I started traveling. Um, I got hooked up with Tiger Tretch Phillips Jr. Um, I got a bunch of training um, from him um, as we were on the road, in the car, in the ring, you name it, in the hotel. It was an education. Um, then I got hooked up with King Mabel. Um, some people will know, remember him in WWE as Viscera. Viscera. Um, me and yes. him, yeah, me and him Big became Daddy real v. close. Same thing, man. I learned from Big Daddy V in the ring, in the hotel, in the car, you name it, man. It was just it was a total education there. And then in 2001, um, I got the opportunity to be in a, the advanced class for about six months up at the Harley Race Wrestling Academy in Eldon, Missouri. And that was at the time. Uh, shout out to Leland Harley... Race, uh, real quick, Dex. Uh, shout out yeah. to Leland Race. Uh, shout out yeah. to Ref Marty. 
We love you guys. Shout out to Derek Stone, uh, to John, to everybody over there. Much love uh, to WLW from Wrestling Talk, man. We love those guys. Absolutely. I go way back yeah. with Derek too, man. He, he's an old cat. Um, and you know, that around 2001 there, that was the time that Harley would still be in on the advanced classes. He just wouldn't get up in the ring. So he would stop you. He would pull you out of the ring, show you any techniques that he needed to or correct anything. Um, and then you'd get back in the ring and do it. So, um, it, it was very, when, when people say they were trained, um, at the Harley race wrestling Academy, some people trained at the Harley race wrestling Academy, but not very many people were actually, uh, you know, got the training from Harley himself. So I consider that, um, you know, to be like something special. I hold near and dear to my heart. Feather in the cap, baby. That's a good feather. In Absolutely. Your cap. That's a great one. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is my history on being trained. Um, and you know, things don't usually start clicking to about seven or eight years, you know, in, and, and that was about my time up at Harley's. I, I, I came from that. I came away from that with a lot of confidence. So. All right. Well, you know, the, not everything on the internet is true, Renee. I've always said that. <laughs> no, it's and, not. I don't know if my story is going to live up to the introduction. Um, it was very simple, man. Um, uh, a friend of mine, you know, that I grew up with, we were big wrestling fans. We were also big time Jerry Springer fans as kids too, man. And that back it? when we were growing, back when we were growing up, Jerry Springer, um, they did a lot of fights on there. That was really physical. Nowadays, not so much. They may have gotten back to it, but. Um, you know, about 10 years ago, they tried to, like, stay away from so much of the fist fighting and stuff. Anyway, uh, right. when we always wanted to go on that show for something, we'd always try to create an idea or something. Um, anyway, one day, um, you know, I, I had been married for a couple of years, and um, me and my wife had the strangest conversation where she, she used to be a professional wrestler, too. And she explained to me that she was on the Jerry Springer show um, I want to say back in like 2002, 2003, she was on there with two other cats that may be familiar to you, um, Bobby and Chris, Little Cato and beautiful Bobby Dean. Um, they are from the Missouri, the St. Joseph, Missouri area up there. Um, oh, my God. She was bro, on that show. With, Joe, yeah. Hey, St. Joe is 40 minutes north of me. Like literally, yeah. it's right up the road. 
Oh my God! Those are the those those two that she was on the show with are the kids of Lord Littlebrook. He used to book all the midgets for the territories back in the day, um, and that was his kids. They used to work the territory back in you know late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, them and several other of the midgets, uh, you know, came out of St. Joseph, Missouri. Anyway, I digress. Back to the story. That's so crazy, I just though. decided. Since my wife had been on the show already, maybe I've got a chance. So I called one morning. I talked to a producer and uh, called back later that evening, wanted our story. And, you know, at the time, me and my wife were were having issues, admittedly so. So we had a story to give them. Um, And and I had cheated on my wife. Um, You know, I was remorseful. I was forgiven and everything like that. Um, And I happened to do that with a good friend of mine, uh, his mother. Um, and, and actually the good friend of mine now is also a professional wrestler. He goes by the name of Wesley Crane. So I was on the show, uh, Mad Mom Meltdown was the episode name. Uh, I was on there with Wesley Crane's mother. And if you're not familiar with Wesley Crane, go check him out on Facebook, Twitter, and Insta. He's a crazy character in in and of himself. Um, so, bro, here, here's the crazy thing. I was ready to go, man. I was, I was ready to call my buddy and say, hey, we're finally going on this thing. And I get the tickets, the electronic tickets in the email, and we're going to Connecticut. They had moved the show the year before up to Connecticut. And now I'm disappointed because I'm not going to Chicago. <laughs> so um, oh. they, they actually moved it up there the year before to take um, a deal or no deal at the time. Uh, Maury Povich, Jerry Springer, and then Steve Wilkos was also doing his own show then too, um, and they all show. taped there in the same building. Uh, it was about a mile down the road from uh, the WWE headquarters, as a matter of fact. Um, anyway, we get there, man. We fly to <laughs> Connecticut. They put us up in hotel room. They take great care of us. We get to go on 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 worldwide television and and tell our story. And and stay in Connecticut for the weekend And man it was great We had a limo waiting for us to take us back to the airport Monday morning They bought us breakfast uh, it, You know the, n- Nothing but professionals up there and, and kudos to Jerry Springer for having our crazy story On their program <laughs> That's it man That's it in a nutshell That's, that's crazy and You know what I am getting notes From intern Timmy about this whole Jesse situation, Nightmare Jones. You want to clear that up for us real quick? Because I think it was a little backwards. Go ahead, Joe. I want to give you a chance to redeem yourself. Great story, by the way, Dexter. That was awesome. I did look it up, and from what I can see, now this might be wrong because it is on the internet, Jesse did not train you. She was trained by you. That's yeah, uh, Jesse Jersey, perhaps, was the name. That's the name I remember, Jesse Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I don't know where she's training? at today, so I don't know if my training for her paid off. Did it pay <laughs> off or not? <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't answer that. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. All right, Joe. Well, look, good try, bro. It's all good. No, no, no worries. Well, listen. Right? Now, no, no. I'll tell you what. This is. It's almost that the uh, the the uh, the background or the backdrop perfectly. Because with the couple of minutes we have left, we want to go ahead and have you join us. Uh, shout out to Derek Stone, by the way, who's tuning into the broadcast. I know we were talking about a little, him a little bit earlier, uh, Dexter. 
Um, much respect, OG, uh, keeping the tradition alive, man. Uh, we, we mentioned you a little bit earlier, Derek, so it's great to see you on the broadcast. But anyway. What's up, Derek? Guys, I love you, my friend. There, there you go. Dexter Hardaway showing his affection uh, for the legendary Derek Stone, man. I know legendary gets thrown around a lot, but if you're in the Midwest, you know exactly what I mean when I say legendary Derek Stone. I mean, the guy deserves right. it. No question. No question. Uh, all right, so here's what we're going to do, guys. Since this has already been a cluster muck, we're going to go ahead and capitalize on it during tonight's edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. And, Dexter, one thing I know about you, or at least I should say I've learned about you in, in talking to you these last 30, 35 minutes, is they got a lot of passion, and you might have a little bit of competitive bone in your body, especially by, you know, your profession, your chosen profession. As a professional wrestling uh, wrestler, competing has got to be in your nature. It's got to be in your blood. So what we're going to do is we're going to have you face off against Nightmare Jones in a best two out of three falls trivia challenge tonight. The question is, okay. are you game? And Nightmare Jones, I am. Are you I hope ready? I don't stink up the joint. Jonesy? Oh, I'm always ready. I, I, I'm, Good I'm answer. Always ready. Good answer. Good answer. Let's go. Hey, I for all the awesome folks. That's good to hear, Joe. So all the awesome people that are tuning in right now, the Wrestle Talk Podcast, episode 304, we love you. And uh, we're going to ask Intern Timmy to go ahead and hit that Wrestle Talk Podcast game show theme song so we can kick this thing off. Pyramid theme show, the theme song there. Just great. <laughs> you recognize the music. Oh my God. $100,000. Absolutely. $25,000 pyramid, baby. Dude, it was the best. It really was the best. That one and the one with no whammies. No whammies. No whammies. Oh, I forgot what that was called. <laughs> that was Brush okay. Your Luck. Brush Your Luck. Yes. I love Brush Your Luck. That was good too. Supermarket Sweep also. That was a good one. All right. Now let's go. Let's go ahead and get on with it, guys. <laughs> We can do this all day. All right, anyway, we old. Uh, all right, here we go. So, in honor of tonight's guest, the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge is entitled Oklahoma. We will – hold on. We will not be talking about professional wrestling musicals. We will be talking about professional wrestling personalities from the state of Oklahoma. I will give you information about three famous professional wrestling personalities – from the state of Oklahoma. When you think you know who I'm talking about, 
please shout out your answer. The first person, again, to score two out of three falls will win tonight's contest. Do you gentlemen understand? Yes. Yes. All right. I'm going to give you clues. As soon as you know the answer, and both of you guys are super loud, so just shout it out. Question number one. WCW showcased this professional wrestler in various ways. From his college football to his... Eric Watts. Oh, uh, that is incorrect. You can continue to guess. Ah! I think you know the answer. But to his undefeated streak. To being the first Goldberg. undefeated... Goldberg is correct. Nightmare Jones, you have just scored a point. Why would I think it's Eric Watts? Who, who on this broadcast knows who Eric Watts is? What is wrong with him? <laughs> How do you Eric Watts is? Okay, you're probably one. I will right. be Googling who Eric Watts is shortly. Okay, <laughs> question number two. This professional wrestler was born in Perry, Oklahoma. Danny Hodge. He is. Say that again? Danny Hodge. That is incorrect. You can keep Oh, it's yet. the other one. All right, let me continue. He has gone on to be a collegiate All-American, an ECW world champion, and a WWE world champion. And also has competed for Lucha Underground. Presently, you can find this man as the enforcer of the Inner Circle faction in AEW, and in Bellator, please name him. Do, do I still get to answer? Yes, Jack yes, Swagger. yes, shout it out. Jack, Jack Swagger, Swagger is correct. Jack Swagger Jack is Hager, correct. I believe, is his new name. Jack Hager, that Jack, either, yes. either answer yeah. counts. Either answer counts. Currently, yes. the score is tied one-to-one. This will determine our winner. Question number three. Many professional wrestling fans remember the fabulous Freebirds. Yes. Even though all... Did I just hear someone? No, good. No, okay. Even though all three original Freebirds lived on Bass Street in USA in Atlanta, Georgia, Michael Hayes was born in Washington, D.C. Terry Gordy was born in Tennessee. This third member of the original Freebirds was born in the state of Oklahoma. Please name him. Buddy Roberts. Buddy Roberts is correct. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. Intern Timmy, you know what to do. Get that music ready. Actually, let's hit this man's theme. How about let me do the right thing? Hit this man's theme. Tonight's winner, episode 304 WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. The commander of the Dexter Amigos, Dexter Hardaway. Hit the music today. I 
am running around my backyard right now with my hands held high in the air and I'm stringing to the top of my lungs. I'm the champion. You killed that. And then the neighbors call the cops well, on me here in a few minutes. You killed it. You killed it. <laughs> wow. I have to say the topic may be a little bit biased, but Joe, you did a great job, bro. I got to give you credit. I got to give you credit. Mm. I tried. Maybe next time. <laughs> oh man, my man says a little salty right now, bro. Never drew a dime. <laughs> Not a dime. Not a dime. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we've had a lot of fun tonight. Dexter, obviously, man, you're you're gonna go down as one of our favorite guests ever. So before you go, do us a favor. Go ahead and tell people how they can follow you on social media. And allow me and Joe to welcome you in as the newest members, uh, as the newest member of the WrestleTalk family, bro. Go ahead. I appreciate that. Um, unlike a lot of people, I have a Twitter. I just don't get on it. Um, you can go on there and see nothing at uh, Dexter Hardaway. Um, my Facebook, um, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube are all active. I post on there daily, weekly. Um, and you can go find all of that under Dexter or Dexter Hardaway. Very easy to find. Um, and might I add, um, perhaps you could find some bumper music, man, to to from Denny Crane. Uh, you remember uh, William Shatner's character on Boston Legal? Perhaps you can find some one-liners to slip in there that would work for you. <laughs> I love you guys, man. I've had fun doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, and we enjoyed the hell out of it, man. We like to highlight guys that are doing great work in the business, man. And, and honestly, I'm anxious to see you getting back to doing your thing, man. F this damn coronavirus. Let us go right. back to doing what we do. And let's get back to wrestling. Right, Joey? Absolutely. I'm ready. I am ready. Safe, safety and health health first. But, yes, I, we're ready to get back to uh, wrestling every every weekend. Absolutely. No doubt. Well, ladies and germs, that brings us to the conclusion of episode 304 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Nothing but illustrious guests here on the show. And, of course, we can't lose sight of what's really important as we celebrate the birthday of the legendary hardcore badass Terry Funk and the passing of a true legend. Tom, killer heard our voices today, and we paid homage to your legacy. Thomas does so many things for the business, and hopefully his legacy will remain alive forever. Killer, we see you on the other side, bro. That's the end of episode 304, guys. We love you. Dexter, have a great, great, great 4th of July weekend, and that goes for every single last member of the WrestleTalk family. Intern Timmy, you know what to do. Hit that music. We'll catch you guys next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern.